Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with me, Susie Chase. Hi, I'm Dory Greenspan, and my latest book is Dory's Cookies. You're James Beard, award-winning cookbook author and baker extraordinaire. The New York Times called you a culinary guru. You have created more than 300 cookie recipes over the course of your outstanding baking career. As you wrote in Dory's Cookies, the cookie universe is infinite. Each recipe in this cookbook made the cut. Tell us about your rating system. Oh, so I adore the color purple. And I'm sitting at my desk now and I have purple pens everywhere. (laughs) And so I work in, when I'm creating recipes, I work in a spiral bound notebook. And you can see the whole process as I'm crossing things out and changing things. But when I finally have the recipe just the way I want it, I give it three purple stars. And so the way other people check off their to-do lists, I give three purple stars to the recipes that will be in my book. So how many recipes did you come up with three purple stars? Did you have to sort of edit your three purple star recipes? You know, I'm a cookbook writer, but... Um, I think I'm really an editor because, as you said, yes, I had to edit them. I didn't have to edit them down. So I am not as organized as people think I am. And I think it's, you know, I have short hair and I wear little glasses and people think, (laughs) oh, you must be so neat. No, no. So I created this book in, I was going to say in a haphazard manner, but really as a dreamer that I would think, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if I could make... What if I took my, my chocolate chip cookie recipe and I made it in a cast iron skillet? What if I made a chocolate chip recipe that only had one chip? What if I, so I kept asking myself, what if, what if, and I kept creating recipes and I didn't really, I mean, I kept giving them their adorable purple stars, but I didn't keep track of whether I had a book. Had I made a book? Did I have real chapters? Would things hold together? I didn't ask that question until almost the end. And I think the kitchen gods were with me because you're the cookie gods or maybe the cookie monster because I ended (laughs) up with a cookie book. Your son, Joshua, claims that cookies are memories and you often bake to make memories real again. What's your first memory of baking? Oh, my very first. So I didn't grow up with... um, a mom or father who cooked and certainly neither one of them baked. And I didn't bake anything until I was about 18 years old. And the very, I haven't thought about this in so long, Susie, the very first thing I baked was, we could hardly call it, I mean, it was supposed to be a pumpernickel bread. Don't ask me why (laughs) I started there. And what I produced was an adorable little hockey puck. You say good baking is good technique. And there's a whole chapter on techniques. Talk a little bit about the importance of prepping. Oh, prepping. Prepping is everything. And it's the same with cooking. It's not just, um, it's not just baking, but it's so important to read through the recipe before you start And then to do what the French call mise en place and what we're calling prepping. Because what if, and this has happened to me, even though my mother used to say, do as I do as I say, not as I do, um, because there were times when I just thought, oh, I'll bake this and then discovered in the middle of it that I didn't have buttermilk. So, you know, you don't want to get caught short that way. So it's really important 
to measure out your ingredients. It just helps make baking even more of a pleasure. It's so nice when you have everything in front of you and you can just enjoy the the way ingredients come together, the way they change, they transform, the way they look, the way they smell. So just get everything laid out first. What are the top three ingredients you always have on hand? Oh, well, four. Um, as a baker, butter, flour, sugar, eggs. I mean, that's those are the four basics. With that, you can make, oh, as, as you said um, earlier, it's infinite. Those are the real basics in baking. Now, you also have a whole chapter about gear. And I recently bought an oven thermometer and was shocked to see how off my little tiny New York City oven is. Oh, Susie, aren't you glad you got that oven thermometer and that now you know? I have been burning things for years and I thought it was me. (laughs) No, but it's not. No, even even the fanciest, uh, every oven is different. It's really important to get to know your oven, get to know where the hot spots are, get to know if it's running a little high or a little low, um, get an oven thermometer. Um, there's fair, With cookie baking, there's really not all that much gear. Um, I wouldn't want to live without my cookie scoops. I'm in love with my cookie. I have a whole wardrobe of cookie scoops. Um, I like that you can scoop cookies. It's fun. It's easy. It's a great thing to give, um, a great job to give to kids. But it also means that all of your cookies are the same size. So they're going to bake evenly in that oven that has a thermometer. Um, (laughs) Cookie sheets, I love having parchment paper or silicone baking mats available so that I can line the baking sheet. It helps the cookies bake more evenly. And cleanup is uh, just, you know, there's no cleanup. Just either toss or I reuse my parchment paper a couple of times um, or just rinse the sill pad. I like having, um, I like having a mixer. And I've discovered that... There are so many cookies that can be made in a food processor better than they can in a mixer. So I have been making my um, tart and pie crust doughs in a food processor for years because it's very quick and it keeps the ingredients cold, which is so important with crusts. But it's also important with shortbreads. I mean, you can use a mixer. You can do everything by hand. I mean, that's how bakers did it for centuries. Um, But a food processor turns out to be a great tool in the kitchen, in the cookie kitchen. I was thrilled to discover that you have every cookie from your former cookie shop burn cell. Oh, Susie. So as as you know, um, our son, Joshua, and I had a cookie boutique called Burn Cell. It started as a pop-up, and then we had a bricks and mortar shop. Um, and when we closed it, people kept saying, oh, but you'll keep, you know, you'll bake, you'll do it again. No, no, no. never, no, nope. not going back into business. But what I said was, I promise that one day I will put all of the recipes in one place. And so all of the burn cell recipes are in my new book. That and, People are going to be so happy about that. Well, you know, those cookies were beloved and um and we had great customers but they we were just not 
we were not meant to go into business. Um, but the cookies, I wanted the cookies to have another life because they were so great. And, you know, they're really so doable at home. And it's kind of, you know, that we made, um, this was a cookie that I actually dreamed, the jammer. Um, I was in Paris and I woke up in the middle of the night with this idea for a cookie, which I then made in the morning. And so it's a shortbread cookie and it has a little spoonful of jam in the center and then it has streusel around it so that it looks like it looks like a little jam tart it's i think one of the most beautiful cookies it is I, it's gorgeous oh i'm so glad you agree i love i love the look of that cookie mm-hmm. i adore the taste and the texture the streusel against the jam and the shortbread um and i also love making it and i'm so excited that people will be doing this at home speaking of paris I've heard you talk about Paris and how you never felt a real connection with a place until you stepped foot on Parisian soil. Describe that magical feeling and tell us about your Parisian life. Well, I had never, I went to Paris in my early 20s. Um, I had never, I mean, I can't, I grew up in Brooklyn. Um, I was living, I got married right after I was born. Um, and I lived <laughs> <laughs> Didn't waste any time. No, no, no. Born, married, um, <laughs> still, still married. Um, same guy. And we went to Paris. And I mean, I always, you know, I liked Brooklyn. We lived in Manhattan. I loved Manhattan. But when we got to Paris, I just felt as if I had found home with a capital H. Did you know and, that immediately? Yes. It yes, there was just there was just something about being there. I was so excited. I mean, euphoric. Um, I just felt the way the way the streets looked, the way the streets smelled, the way the people moved. I just thought this is where I was meant to be. Um, and I've kind of gotten over blaming my mother for having me in Paris. But <laughs> and so we we um, moved to Paris as part timers. Um, 20 years ago. And so I have now I have the Paris life that I didn't know I was meant to be born with (laughs) until I got it. But um, we live in in the sixth arrondissement in Paris. And I often feel like, you know, people say, oh, well, you've got, you know, multiple, you know, you, you, you live in, in two places. No, I feel like I have another kitchen because Every place that I am, what's really important to me is the food. It's important to me to be able to go to the market, um, to be able to cook what's local and what's really attached to the place, and to invite people in to share food with me. And so Paris is really – I do a lot of cooking in Paris, a lot of baking, and I love doing American food in Paris. So I love to introduce – my French friends, to what we love in America. And oh, do I have a second to tell you about cookies in Paris? Yes. So when you say cookie to a French person, it means only one thing, chocolate chip cookies. Really? Yep. That's the, de- that's the name for a chocolate chip cookie in France, cookie. And so when I was telling my French friends that I was writing a book about cookies, they couldn't understand it at all. <laughs> they thought it was one page. One page or, <laughs> you know, a hundred, a hundred variations, variations of chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> it was, and so I had such fun 
being able to bake many of the recipes that are in um, Dory's cookies for my French friends. And of course, I mean, there's a whole beautiful, you know, array of French cookies, but they don't think of them as cookies. They're called, in French, they're called gâteau sec or dry cakes. So it was so much fun to do this um, in two different countries. Now, where do you test your recipes? Oh, always in America, always. So um, if I create something in Paris, um, I don't get, it doesn't get three purple stars until it comes back to America and it's tested in my kitchen here um, with American ingredients and then retested by my, my tester. So I do everything in the States. What exactly is a cocktail cookie? Oh, a savory cookie. You know, I had cookies are so amazing. You know, the more you think about them, the more ideas you have about them. And I started to make cocktail cookies for Burnsell. I wanted because I love cookies so much, I wanted to stretch what the definition of a cookie could be and the occasions for enjoying them. And so I came up with this collection of cookies that you could have with sparkling wine, with wine, with beer. I did a cookie with Old Bay Spice cheese and pretzels to go with beer. Huh. A Parmesan, um, a Parmesan galette that is so fabulous with champagne. I loved the idea of having something just savory enough to be able to be, you know, it definitely a cookie. You wouldn't, you know, you you know it is a cookie, but it has a savory edge and can be had, you know, as an aperitif during a cocktail hour with cocktails. In fact, one of the recipes, Bee's Knees, actually comes from a cocktail. I was out with a friend and we were, um, we were at Booker and Dax actually, and we were looking at the menu and Bee's Knees had ingredients in it. I looked at it and I said, that might be to be a cocktail, but it could be a cookie. And went home and made the Bee's Knees cocktail cookie. I had such fun with this. I had such fun with cookies. You never need another cookie cookbook. Uh, yes. <laughs> it, it has every cookie you could even imagine and you haven't even thought of yet in this cookbook. That's, thank you. <laughs> I love that. I love that definition. I just kept... You know, working on one subject, cookies, it's it's a narrow subject, but you it opens you up to so many ideas because you can think of so many ways to play with what we think of as cookie. So I kept some of my, my classic cookies. Like I, I couldn't imagine doing a cookie book without my favorite chocolate chip cookie recipe. But then as I was making it, I thought, hmm, what if, what if, what if, what if? And so I made my new favorite <laughs> chocolate chip cookie recipe with um, some nutmeg and some coriander in it and also some whole wheat flour. So it's a little chewier and a little cakier. And then as I was working on that, I thought, what if I made a mini chocolate chip cookie? And I called it two bites, one chip. It's only one chocolate chip per cookie. <laughs> so if this is, and this is so much fun to make, and it's fun to make with kids. So you take the chocolate chip cookie dough, and you make a little tiny ball of dough, and then you put one chip in the center of that ball. 
And so when it bakes, it looks like just a tiny little munchable, snackable cookie. And then when you bite into it, there's one chip in the center. It's so much fun. On Monday, I made your newest chocolate chip cookie recipe. Oh. And it was, it's fabulous. But what is the difference between that and your original chocolate chip cookie recipe? So the new one has that spice blend in it, which like all cookies that have spice, when you first taste it, you get the spice, but it's really only a day or two later. Spice really takes time to develop that you really taste it. Um, So it has that new spice blend. It has a slightly different proportion of white sugar to brown sugar, and it has that whole wheat flour, which really makes the cookie chew, uh, I, I want to say cakier, but a little chewier and not my, my classic cookie ha- is a flatter cookie. When you have them side by side, um, you can taste the slight difference and the textural difference. I was kind of looking for um, a slightly different texture. The coriander and nutmeg really give it another level of flavor. It's so interesting. Oh, thank you. You know, I feel like it doesn't hit you over the head. No. You know, it's not like you bite into it and say, oh, nutmeg and coriander. You might not even, um, I, I think you probably wouldn't even know that those two spices were in it. But you would know that there's a spice and it just tips it a little away from the classic. I had a lot of dough left over. How can we store cookie dough? Oh, so oh, you're lucky to have dough left over. Okay, so scoop it out, form it into balls, put it on a baking sheet lined with parchment or a, a silk pad, and put it in the oven. In the no, don't put it in the oven. Put it in the <laughs> freeze. Put it in the freezer, and then when those little cookie balls are frozen solid. Um, take them off the sheet, put them into a bag or a container, just, you know, pack them airtight. And then you can bake them straight from the freezer. So you can have cookies on demand. Um, Just take them out of the freezer while your oven is preheating. And that way they won't be totally frozen. And you might need another minute or so in the baking time. But you go from freezer to oven It's always great to have leftover cookie dough. Where can we find you on the web? You can find me at dorygreenspan.com. I just redid my website, so come visit, take a look. And Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Dory Greenspan. You bring such passion to baking, and Dory's Cookies inspires all of us home cooks to get into the kitchen and start baking. Thank you so much for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Oh, Susie, thanks so much. It was so much fun to be with you. 